Hello, and welcome to In All Things, a podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, a global movement of Evangelical Presbyterian churches. Thank you for joining us. I'm Rachel Joseph. Your host for In All Things is Dean Weaver, stated clerk of the EPC. Our prayer is that God uses Dean and his guests to both inform and inspire you about how God is working in and through the EPC. The motto of our family of churches is, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Now, here's Dean. Well, grace and peace to you, my brothers and sisters, in our Lord Jesus Christ. My name is Dean Weaver, and I serve you as the stated clerk of the EPC. Uh, and for those of you who may not know what a stated clerk does, I, I would say, well, I've been blessed with the opportunity to help lead our denomination alongside of our national leadership team in serving to carry out the, the mission of Jesus as given to us by our General Assembly. That's kind of a long discussion uh, to say I'm, I'm the, the lead pastor, I guess, if you will, of the denomination. And I'm here today with three dear friends and family who are part of our national leadership team. In fact, they form kind of the executive team. Our current moderator, who is um, Brad Strait, who's the lead pastor at Cherry Creek a Presbyterian Church in Denver, Colorado. Our moderator-elect, which is Rosemary Lukens, and she's a ruling elder from the Chapel Hill Presbyterian Church in uh, the Gig Harbor area of Seattle, Washington. And then one of my neighbors just on the other side of the city of Pittsburgh is um, our former moderator, now known as the singing moderator, Glenn Myers, who is also a commissioned pastor. We're going to get to that in a minute. But he's a commissioned pastor for the Ardera Presbyterian Church uh, just outside of Pittsburgh. And we're sitting here at the EPC Global Headquarters in Orlando, Florida. I don't think it's ever been called that. It's, it's a, a wonderful place filled with wonderful people who are serving the Church of Jesus Christ. And um, I hope at one point in time, each of you will have the chance to come here and meet them in person. In fact, in future podcasts, uh, we hope to be able to introduce you to some of our staff so you can see and meet the people who are serving the EPC. We're calling this podcast, and this is our inaugural podcast, In All Things, because we know in the Essentials Unity the non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, love. And I hope in our conversation today, you pick up on the love that we have for one another, uh, that Brad and I and Rosemary and Glenn have, that we just love one another. We love the Lord. We love you, and we love to serve you. And that's why we're here in the Office of the General Assembly and your national leadership team. So this podcast is called In All Things. In All Things, Love or in all things, hold together in Christ. He's made all things, he's for all things, and he is uh, redeeming all things unto himself. So under the lordship of Jesus Christ, where every square inch of the creation belongs to him, we will bring you all things as it relates to the EPC, and we hope to do so in an edifying way that is loving and helpful and supportive. Well, let's dig into today's conversation, conversation with these three dear friends of mine. And we're going to first toss the microphone over to my friend, Glenn, who is going to explain to us a little bit of what the NLT is. Um, you know, we think a lot of times, Glenn, that when we use terms, especially in-house acronyms, 
like NLT, that everybody knows what we're talking about. But the reality is there may be some people listening to us who have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. So give us a, a 101, if you will, of what is the NLT of the EPC. Would you take us there? Sure, Dean. Um, the NLT, the National Leadership of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, just in terms of its makeup, it's a group of 12 uh, ruling elders or teaching elders who are, have been nominated and elected by the General Assembly to carry on the business of the General Assembly between assemblies. So we meet, traditionally we meet quarterly and any other times we need to. And those are sometimes virtual meetings, other times uh, in person. Uh, but we conduct the business of the church between General Assemblies. And so those are the nuts and bolts of it. Uh, my experience with the General Assembly is it's a really gracious group of individuals who love one another, who love Jesus, and who love the church. And they're gifted in some really wonderful ways. And uh, God configures that group, I think, really for the leadership of the church. And so that's what the National Leadership Team is, the, the NLT of the EPC. Thank you very much, Glenn. I remember the first time I sat in an NLT meeting, I walked into the room and sat down. And I looked around and I thought, what in the am I doing here? Uh, somebody obviously exercised very poor judgment in having me be a part of this group. It was a little intimidating uh, at first. And then you kind of get involved and you realize, you know, these ruling elders and these teaching elders who come from all over the country through the nominating process, uh, the Holy Spirit selects just the right people to come and serve with their unique gifts, experiences, backgrounds, abilities, accents, um, all of the above, and it all just—it's—it's uh, it's a work of the Holy Spirit to watch that come together as we seek to follow after Him. So I'm going to turn it over now to Rosemary, and Rosemary, I'm going to—I'm going to ask you to speak to something that I know is so close to your heart because you have such a servant heart in in wanting to help people in their gifts um, use those gifts to serve the larger church. You do that at your local congregation. Um, you do that in the national leadership team. And I expect no less as you come to serve us as our moderator. But in your view, um, how do you think the national leadership team can actually practically serve the EPC as a, as a denomination? Well, like you, when I first came on NLT three years ago, I was shocked that I had been asked. I'm from Gig Harbor, Washington, which is virtually nowhere compared to the rest of EPC world and didn't know how I got any on anyone's radar. Although it's entirely possible it may be one of the most beautiful spots in all of EPC world. It I may mean, be. And the other could be that Jeff Jeremiah lives down the road. Well, that helps. <laughs> that helps. Yeah, no question. I think that our role is to fulfill and oversee the work that the General Assembly assigns to us. And primarily, I see that along the four strategic initiatives or priorities. Okay, now, 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 could you explain the four strategic initiatives or priorities, as we're now calling them, I believe, there are people out there listening going, uh, you lost me there. Like, so what are those four things? Because I'm not sure everybody knows, but they really do formulate, uh, they come out of our mission statement. Yes. Uh, so could you walk us through those four things? Yes. These are sort of the reason I think that we exist and fulfill God's call in our lives personally, in our lives as NLT members, and across all of EPC. The first, one of the first ones is global movement, and that sounds a lot like missions, and it is missions, and we call it global movement. It's a less 
specific term and allows people to work as global workers around the world without necessarily being tagged as missionaries. Um, we have a new director for that, Gabriel de Guia, and he's a very exciting, enthusiastic, young person who will take us great places in global movement. Another one is uh, transformation. And under transformation, which is a rather, we have some strange terminology that we what use. What is it about Presbyterians that like to use these kind of loaded, heady words? I'm not sure because it, those are the kind of words like anyone could interpret that to mean anything. Mm. So, um, Well, interpret it for us. What does that mean? Transformation is church health and vitalization. Okay. And so we're looking at what it means to be a healthy church, how we define that, and we're looking at vitalizing bringing vibrancy and life back into churches where that may have waned off a little over the years, recognizing that the culture we're in right now, the things, the way the world is and the way things are changing in our culture is going to require strong, healthy, vital churches. Okay, so you got two of the four now. We got global movement and we got transformation, but there's two more. Effective biblical leadership is primarily done at GA. There's a day or two prior to the GA uh, meeting itself where there are sessions for pastors and ruling elders to learn anything, pretty much anything they need to know to serve well. Um, we have plenary speakers. We have breakout sessions. Some are interactive. Some are lecture. But there's a lot of opportunity for pastors and leaders to be fed prior to GA starting. And if we're honest, a lot of people come to GA for that. Yes. <laughs> because it's our best practices, equipping kind of workshops. And I'd say the worship, uh, the emphasis on missions, um, and probably those workshops are the things that people just absolutely love. Yes. And the chance to build community. Yeah. To get to know fellow pastors around the world, that they, or especially around the country, that they might not see on a regular right. basis. Right. The last one is multiplication and no, Dean, it is not how to do two, two times two, oh, I'm although it's close. I'm grateful it's not the new math because that was <laughs> that was troubling me. So what what in the world is multiplication? Mean? Multiplication is actually church planting. Okay. And so instead of, we, we do want to vitalize churches that need that process, but we also want to grow EPC for the glory of God and the glory of his kingdom. And doing that, we do that partially by church planting in small communities, maybe even urban communities, where there needs to be the vibrant, welcome community sense that draws people to Jesus. We have the drawing power of Christ. We need to be able to share that. Yeah, and that's been really a vibrant, uh, I think one of the vibrant cutting edges of the EPC, right? We're even becoming known, I think, as the kind of church planting group. And um, the great thing is where we start we're at like 6 or 7%. We're verging on 10% of our churches as church plants. But we're hoping every church will become a parent, patron, or a partner of church planting and think that there's a vibrancy. Even an established church is made more vibrant by being a part of something like that. So thank you. That's awesome. So let me just read to you guys. Um, you probably, it's familiar to you, but hopefully uh, you'll hear it again with fresh ears. But for those who haven't heard it, this is the vision statement of the EPC. To the glory of God, the EPC family aspires to embody and proclaim Jesus' love as a global movement of congregations engaged together in God's mission through transformation, multiplication, and effective biblical leadership. So that's the phrase that uh, Rosemary pulled out those four strategic priorities from. 
And it really is our vision, a preferred picture of what we believe God is calling us to be and do. So Brad, um, when you think of those four strategic priorities and you think about the vision that God has given us, what value does the EPC bring? Particularly think about the value that the, the local church gets by being a part of the larger church, whether it's a a local congregation being connected to their presbytery or having that association with the general assembly, those strategic priorities, like say church planting or church health, those things actually can benefit and be of value for the local congregation. Could you speak to that briefly? It seems like uh, the pandemic has taught us a lot of lessons. Uh, There's been a lot of good things that have come out of it and, and some really tragic things as well. But one of them is that we need each other, that we need to be connected and that the the enemy loves to disconnect us and separate us and isolate us. And so part of what the NLT does is try to fight that isolation and bring us together. And I was I was thinking of an example. Early in the middle of the wintertime, I get out a sheet of paper and I plan next spring's garden, my vegetable garden. And I lay out where I'm going to put things and what I'm going to buy and what I'm what seeds I'm going to order and on all of that. And so the general assembly tells us what it is that we're supposed to grow in our garden. And then our job is to try to lay it out in a way that is efficient and effective and uh, that comes together. And so we have a tactical part of what we do in that we make sure that everybody's getting water and every church. Uh, is getting taken care of. So if you have problems, you have people you can call and places you can go and you can actually get help. You're not alone. And that's part of why we pull so hard to try to get everybody connected to each other. Um, and then there's a, a long-term or a strategic thing where we say, boy, it seems like there's a need for this or for that. Let's percolate down and listen and then let's percolate back and talk, and let's try to figure out what's going on. Are we planting the right crops? Are they growing as they should be? And I don't know, maybe way too metaphorical, but it's kind of my heart is that we're just trying to grow something that will bless Jesus, bless the world, and uh, spiritually feed a lot of people, and so, so whatever it takes. B- between the gardening metaphor and the percolating, which of course leads me to coffee, I'm, I'm delighted because the, you're feeding my body and my soul. Which is, which is awesome stuff. Uh, Glenn, you're actually the congregation that you serve, and you're a commissioned pastor, which means you're a ruling elder, but you're serving basically as the pastor of the Ardera Church, so you're kind of both. Your congregation has actually experienced firsthand the benefits of having been involved in what is now being referred to as our church health revitalization, looking at this idea of being transformed. And you've actually watched your congregation be transformed in front of your very eyes by entering into some of this. Could you just give us a a brief commercial sell us on the idea that maybe this idea of a healthy church and going through this process, first of all, what what kind of stuff did you do? Give us a little bit of a, you know, we did this and this, and, and then tell us what the result was and why that's a good thing for this garden of healthy, growing, cultivating churches. So it definitely was a process. And our church was coming out of its former denomination and needed a place to land. And uh, this was six years ago. And we landed uh, among a group of brothers and sisters who had a heart for church vitality. And fortunately for us, we were in part of the denomination that was maybe a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of church health and vitality in the 
Presbytery of the Alleghenies so that we were met really well with exactly what we needed at the time. Uh, we participated in a church vitality seminar uh, that gave us some common language for the elders of the church and those stakeholders who wanted to see the church do well. It gave us language and gave us an opportunity to talk about what God wanted to do for the church. But God gave us those opportunities to, to make some difficult decisions uh, that really ch changed the trajectory of the church uh, because God had further plans for us. Uh, so, for example, um, we needed to look at whether or not we were inward focused or outward focused. And so we put together a vision and vitality team and we assessed our neighborhood. Uh, we found ways in which we could connect with who was actually in our neighborhood and turn the rest of the church outward looking also. We invited people in so they could get to know us, and we had to figure out our relevance uh, to, to, the, to the community. We know that the gospel's relevant, and we're communicating that effectively. So again, it, it, was, it was a process of learning for us. It was a process of learning about our community, and it was a process that God led us through. It was his, it was his plans, uh, and we were trying to listen and follow him. And so, yeah, I can, I can report we became a vital part of, of the community again. And the church is doing well, and God continues to be faithful and blessing it. And a vital part of the EPC, too. I mean, both the Presbytery of the Alleghenies, and here you are offering national leadership. Who would have ever thought it, right? Not you. I know not you. That's one of the things I love about you, Glenn. But, you know, you said something I thought was really, really profound. You talked about how it helped your congregation turn from an inward focus to an outward focus. I think the default position of most congregations is an inward focus take care of us, uh, our ministries, our activities, our programs, helping our people grow. And, and there's a, certainly a, there's a breathing in capacity where we have to do discipleship and worship, but there's also this breathing out capacity of outreach and mission. And, and that starts in our own community. So I love the fact that you said you were, became a vibrant part of your own community again, because that's really where it begins in our Jerusalem and going to Judea, Samaria and ends of the earth. So, And because of God's work in your congregation and you're cooperating with that work, uh, the denomination recognized the Ardera Church as a Bartlett Hess Award winner, um, recognizing a church where God has done that revitalizing work. And you always give God all the glory and praise. And so for that, I'm, I'm just grateful. All right. So Brad, I'm going to throw it back over to you because you've been in the EPC for a few years now. I mean, you know, this is uh, only an audio podcast. We're not doing video at this time. So people can't tell how unbelievably young you look uh, sitting here, but it belies the fact that you've been around the block in the EPC just a couple of times. But here you are now, our moderator, uh, and, and your church has graciously hosted General Assembly for us a number of times, always does such an amazing job. You've got such a great view of things. What are you excited about in the EPC from where we sit right now and as we look into the future? What excites our uh, our moderator, Brad Strait? I don't know that I'm excited about being painted as the old man in the sea, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I do feel more excited about the EPC than ever before. And I've had lots of moments where I've just watched God do great, great things in this denomination. But there, there is an energy. And as I, as I look around, I'm really excited about the pastors that are coming in. We mm -hmm. have some young, super smart, super godly yeah. people that are bringing a whole new generation of leadership into our church. And, and yet we still have a few old captains lashed to the mast. Like you and me. <laughs> <laughs> where the gray hair is kind of being able to coach and help and pull together. And 
I think that there's something really unique that God is building here. Mm. And and reflected in that cross-pollinization, we have people of different ethnicities. We have people who speak really slow from the South. And we have people who have got that New England twang. And we're just all coming together. And we actually do love each other. There, there really is a familial bond that's yeah. going on. And that just... And it just empowers me to say, boy, Lord, what are you going to do next? What What's next, Lord? I just want to see it. I just want to see it. I was talking with uh, someone from, oh, let's just call it a neighboring denomination <laughs> to us who uh, kind of off the cuff and off the record said, you know how I refer to you guys when I'm talking to my colleagues? I said, no. He said, I call you the enjoyable Presbyterian church. So maybe excited Presbyterian church, enjoyable. We'll we'll take all of the above. Joyful. We are joyful. Joyful. Amen. Amen. So, Rosemary, you're such a great observer of things. Um, What is the one thing that you think that, whether it's the National Leadership Team or the Office of the General Assembly, that that people don't know? And if you just had the opportunity to share with them one thing that you think would be a blessing to them to know about their Office of the General Assembly or their National Leadership Team, is there... One thing you would say, you know, if people just saw this, they would be so blessed. Okay, this is going to be a very long answer to that question. Wow. Because okay. I don't think I can find, can confine it to one thing. General Assembly represents every one of you who is listening to this podcast. Um, your, pa- your pastors, your ruling elders, and your teaching elders go to General Assembly. You have one teaching elder, but you have two ruling elders. So you're, you sitting in the pews get the opportunity to be represented there. And so you should be talking to the people on your elder team and your pastors about what it is that's really vibrant and interesting for you. National leadership team gets to look at all of what happens at General Assembly and then move that work forward. And so we're part of that. If you don't know who your national leadership team representative is in your presbytery, then call your presbytery office and find out because those that's the person that you probably want to talk about when you have issues or questions. Third, the office of the General, General Assembly, Assembly right? I'm sorry, the OGA, yeah. um, which is what I always refer to it to, so I can't remember. These people love you here. This is an extension of your office. So if you're thinking, I have no clue what those people do, look around your office and see what gets done there and realize that you have somebody at the other end of your phone that can answer every single question you have. And by the way, if you need an attorney, you have one in the OGA, and you can get an attorney for free on the other end of your telephone. And you may not have needed it yet, but there may come a time when you do. Please remember that. The OGA is here to support you, to help you, and to be part of what's going on in your local church and in your presbytery. So I like to tell people... We're like that extra extension on your phone that if you say, um, how do you do uh, missions in Eastern Europe? Well, just hit the world outreach extension and talk to Jason or Gabriel. Or you say, well, what do I do about this problem I have with, uh, with my insurance or with uh, my retirement? Well, here's the amazing thing. You press a button and you actually get a live human being in our benefits department who are here to serve and help you. Now, I do have to clarify the attorney thing because I think Jerry doesn't want to be the attorney for the entire denomination, but he is our kind of in-house counsel who 
gives the most incredible counsel and advice to our sessions and our pastors and our presbyteries in terms of not only our church polity, but sometimes we do run into some things that are pretty dicey and difficult in churches, and he's able to direct them to places that are uh, really helpful. I've done that with him many times, and we have a terrific gift in our assistant state of clerk, Jerry Iamiri, who does that. So, um, yeah, and if you want to press an extension and say, you know, I want to talk to somebody about, uh, I have an IT problem. I, I don't know what to do about, you know, what we're, what our technology, well, I think you could call Scott Blanchett and I think he would be delighted to help you with that or online giving or, you know, uh, there's all kinds of things. Uh, you know, Brian Smith did such a great job, our director of communications and, um, digital strategies. He did such a great job uh, during the COVID time helping churches that had never been online before figure out how to just do virtual uh, online worship and meetings and things of that nature. So we're here to serve one one press of the phone and, and you've got a real life person who can help you with real life problems. Okay, so we're going to wrap this up. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. So thank you for going there with me. But I'd just like to ask if there are anything in conclusion that you have by way of a hope or a dream, or a concern, or a prayer for the EPC going forward. You're, you're sitting at this table as part of our national leadership team. Share with those who are listening what your hopes and dreams, prayers, concerns. Pick any one of those things that's on your heart that you want to share with people. So Brad, we're going to start with you, then we'll go to Glenn, and then we'll end up, we'll save the best for last, and land with Rosemary. I have a simple hope that uh, we will be more and more a people of trust. Trust is the commodity we deal in. We call it faith sometimes, but it's really, really similar in Scripture. Where do you put your trust? Where do you put your faith? And so uh, I just really want us to trust the Lord, no matter what's happening, no matter what the world looks like. And I want us to trust each other. And I want us to feel like we're in a group of people that are trustworthy. Not perfectly trustworthy, because only Jesus is perfectly trustworthy, but mostly trustworthy and always trying to be trustworthy. And if we will trust each other, we will be a light on a stand and a city on a hill. My hope is that the graciousness of God that I've experienced and our church has experienced gets experienced by everyone at every part of the uh, EPC, that you have some kind of experience that you can know and understand that God has brought us together for his purposes, and he's leading us into some very challenging times. Uh, but those challenging times come with opportunities. And if we, if we commit ourselves to following him and being gracious to one another, we're going to meet those challenges well, and it's going to reflect nicely on the bride of Christ, and it's going to bring God glory. So that's, that's my hope. My prayer and dream both is that we as an EPC will stand strong, that we will be covered with the blood of Jesus, that we will be warriors for Christ in a culture that continues to change way more rapidly than we expected, just like COVID. Things changed overnight. And I pray that we will have that strength and that courage, that we will be the overcomers in Revelation, that, that they overcome, overcame by the word of the Lord and the blood of the Lord, and that we will live that out in a community of people who love each other and love Jesus and want to support one another and be together uh, in community. That's beautiful. For the glory of God. Well, that's why I love the three of you. 
I'm so deeply appreciative of your friendship and your service and your leadership to the church, and it is a joy. So thank you for going here with me in this conversation. Uh, those of you out there listening need to know with what fear and trembling these three came into the studio to have this conversation. They just uh, knocked it right out of the park, as they always do. So in closing, as we will often do, uh, reminded as a worship service closes with a good word, that's what the word benediction, benedictos means, I will probably close this uh, this podcast with this word each and every time, because it's, it's the best word because it's God's word. And uh, it comes from Colossians chapter 1 in uh, verse 15 and following. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things. And in him, all things hold together, for he is the head of the body, the church. So in all things, my friends, love. Until the next time, please join us for this podcast and spread the word so that people could join the EPC in all things. Thank you again for joining us. On behalf of Dean and the entire team, we hope you will join us for our next episode of In All Things. For more information about the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, including a directory of local churches, online resources, and much more, visit our website at www.epc.org. I'm Rachel Joseph. I pray you have an overwhelming sense of God's presence in all things today.